I guess that's what we'll do. We'll talk books. We do. We talk and books. And that will be the thing that will make us happier and cheerier. It, surprisingly enough, it's already working. Yay. Oh, so many damn books, Drew. So many. There have been so many damn books. So many. So many. So many damn books. Uh, well, cheers to you. And to you, sir. Um, Drew, it's been, what, four years now? Um, yep. Four and a half years of knowing each other. Yeah. And uh, we've been doing the podcast for basically the entire time that we've known each other. Yeah. And, and now I'm, here we are. I'm glad that we've done this. Me too. I think that's the, the key was always to that we, we built the podcast into our friendship from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is good. It means I get to hang out with you and talk books all yeah, the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. And so... We have some fun things that we have, d- uh, some segments that we've always wanted to do, mm-hmm. some new things, maybe f- maybe stuff that we'll bring into the show forever. Yeah, we'll see. It's, you know, it's a good time to renew, to experiment a little bit. So we're going to have some new fun segments. Let's go to one. 88 Stats. Uh, nice. We could have done that. We could have done that. <laughs> what we did. Yeah, but then Queen would have. There's what's his name? The guitar player would have been Brian May. Us. Yeah. Okay, so let's just talk some stats. Okay, so if you've been listening to our show and you've listened to every single episode, which is 100, um, these numbers admittedly do not include this because as we talk, we don't know. How just long keep going up. Yeah. But uh, until episode 99, including episode 99 and all of our mini-sodes yep. and everything, you've listened to 3,977 minutes of our voices. That is a little over 66 hours. Or uh, you've just listened to us for 2.76 days straight. Think about that. <laughs> Take don't, a moment. Or don't think about Think that. about the day that it is now and then think two and three quarters days ahead of now. How you would have been listening to us that whole time. This is the thing: is it's it, podcasting is this crazy medium where it's very intimate. You know, yes. You download it straight into your your earpods, your earphones, and um, and I don't know. I, I feel like we're right in some people's ears, and uh, and sometimes people. I know people listen in cars or. They put it on and don't pay attention while they cook. Shout or out to all of you who are dealing with any uh, metropolitan transit service. Yeah, yeah. I hope you are making it home safely. Indeed. Or making it to work safely, or however you listen to our show. Or at the very least, you're enjoying listening to us while you deal with your interminable commute. Another uh, stat here: fifty-nine guests, and that's not counting people twice. So we've had more moments of people on the show yeah like uh will chancellor has been on the show three times mm-hmm. uh nosley has also been on the show three times uh um bianca bosker twice uli twice Uli, yeah uh alex kleeman twice uh megan abbott megan twice, abbott twice. <laughs> uh so we're getting it's it's starting to be feel like a, um you know when people are like hannah petard twice frequent um guests on jay's couch or or yeah and it's like a thing like um julia roberts showing up on letterman uh (laughs) two names that are super duper relevant (laughs) in 2018 okay james corden and uh never mind i take it back (laughs) take me back jimmy Jimmy fallon uh take (laughs) me back um another uh, another fun stat uh-huh. we've recorded this show in eight different locations yes six of them damn libraries and two of them different offices of, FS- of fsg um, um they keep hosting us yeah eight damn libraries um one episode only recorded at your upper east side apartment yep um the rest were all in brooklyn yep um, oh yeah that's right that's and right. And all because of upheaval in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not entirely true. I mean, I guess Luke leaving was upheaval. <gasps> oh, Luke. Luke. Remember Luke? Luke, Luke is an, an enormous um, part of the beginning of our show. He helped us record and sound nice 
and we have a lost episode of the show of what we were trying to do before we had Luke. Oof. And it does not sound good. We would not be here were it not for Luke. So shout out to Dr. Doctor Studios, which is now in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, and all the things that Dr. Doctor does. Uh, and Luke, uh, you're, you're, a, you're a great man. Thank you very much for helping us. And while we reminisce, mm-hmm. you remember... Uh, the lost episode with Laura Vandenberg. Oh my God. That's so heartbreaking. That was when we were like, never again, phone calls, never again. Yeah. yeah. And we never did. And I think that that's a great, I, I also think that that ethos means that we have a nice rapport with people in the damn library. Nice enough that they'll even stick around to re-record a segment. Yeah. Like Emily Lockhart. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we lost just half of that episode. And she just, was like sure well let's do it again another drink let's do it yeah. yeah and we just hit it yeah oh my god there are a couple other I, those lost i wish uh that those well i don't wish that any of you could hear them but it would be fun to go back and listen to us blathering on about tom rockman's the rise and fall of great powers that was an early connection between you and me that we both loved that book yeah um uh oh one more thing that difficult to remember number is that we've had 66 cocktails on this show, mm. which mm-hmm. I, so I don't know how many cocktails I've had on top of that because I've been trying to come <laughs> up with other <laughs> ideas. Um, but 66 cocktails, that's crazy to me. That's yeah. so many. That's so many. Uh, I wonder if any of you have ever made a so many damn books cocktail or attempted one. I would love to know about it. I know that um, some of our Patreon subscribers, mm-hmm. they, they got the stuff to make a cocktail. And we've seen two or couple. three on Instagram. Um, but if you have a story or you tried, please email us so many damn books at gmail.com uh, or Twitter at us. Um, if, you're make, if you're drinking one right now. So that's take a little snap. (laughs) That's the stats, right? That's the stats. Stats. The other thing, which has been requested of us a couple of times in a couple of different places, Um, I think Bob Lopez. He was the first one. One of the first ones to ask for us to do a hundred books, hundred hundred episodes, hundred books. 100 favorite books. So we're doing a version of that. We've Mm -hmm. both chosen 50, and we've been telling, depending on who asks, we've been telling slightly different criteria. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking most beloved, 100 most beloved. Uh, Most meaningful, I think, Mm -hmm. was a phrase we tossed around. There are some books that are favorites, certainly, but it is not that list, which is a, that's a different list, and that was a funny thing for me to be thinking about. Yeah, I don't know, and or like best, mm-hmm. which I don't think I would ever want to want to participate in making a best list, best books. Yeah, because I don't. That ends I don't up doing, see books that way. Right. That that pretends to be objective. Mm, and I'm. And the whole point of this is subjectivity. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see. We actually don't know each other's lists at all. Yeah, I barely know my own. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're going to, we'll see how long we want to (laughs) talk about this. We will definitely have the entire list, uh, on our website. Yep. Um, and also if you are a Patreon subscriber, um, we will have the list and little capsule explanations as well. Oh yeah. We'll do a, we'll do a whole little anecdotal thing for y'all and that's for everybody, no matter how much you give us. Yeah. So that's easy enough. That's it could be one dollar a month, friends, and that's uh, really helpful. And we have some fun. We have a great idea for what we're going to do next for um for people who give us ten dollars a month. <laughs> it's not scary. Though. No, it's not. <laughs> I just I you know. One hundred books. Here's how we should start this. I think you should just tell me a book and tell me why. Okay. There are two authors on my list of 50 who show up more than once. Right at the top is Albert Camus. Uh, and for me, it's both The Stranger, his novel, and then his essay collection, The Myth of Sisyphus. And you're putting those... as those. That's two entries. Yes. On your list. Okay. Um, oh, we should say that we have the rule um, that series counts as one. Yes, series count as one. Okay. Um, which, boy, that made this a whole lot easier. <laughs> But yeah, so those two 
I mean, they're tied. They are tied together. They cannot be extricated from me. Um, the Stranger is the first book that I read twice in mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. I read it and I hated it. And my AP English language teacher was like, "Read it again." Mm. I was like, "Oh, boring reading again." Whatever. I read it again and I it revolutionized the way I think. It made me an existentialist. Um, <laughs> nice. And then the myth of Sisyphus is just like it. It is the single most important essay i've ever read and it is the thing that i go back to whenever i feel um whenever i feel the struggle whatever that means Mm -hmm. Mm. how about you okay um so i ended up with more um ya and kids books than i thought Mm -hmm. um maybe i mean it's always meant a lot to me uh young adult fiction even when i passed on from what they think that they're gearing those book towards. Um, but I w- just was thinking like Star Girl by Jerry Spinelli. Mm-hmm. Just a fantastic book. Um, yeah. Also has many of the seeds of, I don't know, zeros to 2010 modern hipsterisms in it. <laughs> yeah, it really like, does. Has ukuleles. Yeah. She wants to own a food truck. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a great um, novel about someone who, doesn't fit in and then decides to try to Mm -hmm. and the ways that that looks and it's a sort of achingly sad book as well as funny and i also connected to it because um the main character runs a closed circuit television show um and i also ran a closed circuit television show in high school so i felt very connected to it when i read it in that way as well your turn um i'm I feel like we should just go where the winds take us, right? Yeah. So y- you were talking about finding that there's a lot of, a lot of a lot of YA uh-huh. on your list. Uh-huh. I I gave myself a fair amount of room for that as well as I was thinking about, you know, most beloved books. Um I had my mom take pictures of all the shelves in my childhood bedroom so I could go and be like, "Oh yeah." And I just I'm I mean, there are the big series that ended up on there, like the mm. Animorph series, the Goosebumps series. Those two, those are both on your list. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun to really go back and think about the like. I I mean, how do you feel? I'll rattle off just like all of my childhood YA. Good but idea. Yeah. It's like it, these are all books that I definitely read in childhood. So there's, um, Earl Stein's Goosebumps series. K.A. Apple, K. Applegate, he says in quotes, uh, writing the Animorphs books, The Witches by Roald Dahl, um, Tales of the Greek Heroes by Roger Lancelin Green that I had mm-hmm. as one of those uh, Puffin Classics paperbacks, um, The Chronicles of Prydain by Lloyd Alexander, The Boxcar Children, Gertrude Chandler Warner, Hatchet by Gary Paulson, um, Redwall by Brian Jakes, um, yeah, that's going to be the first one. Yeah, that was that we have both have. None actually, of those other ones were on your list. Wow, neat. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I had a I had a real bleeding heart difficult time with uh, um, trying to decide which of the survivalist books ah. uh, was I going to choose because I loved Hatchet, I loved um, Island of the Blue Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And but I decided to go with My Side of the Mountain by Gene oh. Craig which is a great um, YA book that almost didn't get published because it, they thought it glorified running away from home, <laughs> and it super does. And, and you totally want to ra- want to ra- run away from home and live in the woods after yeah. you read that book. You don't do it, <laughs> or you try, and you realize four hours was enough. If you're me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Brian Jakes. Um, well, that was one of the first sort of connects that you and I had. Oh yeah. Um, I the Redwall series. It's easy just to say those, but I cho- decided to highlight a favorite, which was Martin the Warrior, mm. which is one of the best. Like, um, there's always like a crypt keeping sequence yeah. where they have to like follow some thing to find moons that shine on a sword yep um in a specific way on a specific night Um, on a specific sword (laughs) yeah and uh 
I love that stuff. And Martin the Warrior has great, like there's, I think, four things that you're looking for. It's not so many, like Pearls of Lutra, which is really like too many things. Oh, see, I was <laughs> if I had to pick one Redwall book, I would say Pearls of Lutra because I loved the, like, the big quest. See, I did too. But the other thing about Martin the Warrior that was cool was the first book, um, the mouse is obsessed with Martin the Warrior. Oh, yeah. So it was like the first of like... <laughs> Like, oh, like, now we're going to get the legend story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'll do my kids stuff, too. Yeah. Because otherwise I didn't really. Um, I'll, I'll uh, Feed by M.T. Anderson, which remains one of the best um, predictions of dystopia and where we're headed. And we're still not quite there, but because it's On about putting a chip in your mind that has like smartphone capabilities, basically. Yeah. And we're we're heading there. <laughs> Like a like a bullet, uh, <laughs> I chose Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for mm. my rolled doll. Mm-hmm. Um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas by Dr. Seuss nice. um, was the very first book I ever pretended to read and then learned to actually read. Oh. I memorized it first and told people I could read, <laughs> and then uh, the jig would be up when I wouldn't turn the pages on the correct page because <laughs> I had really just memorized the whole thing. Um. And Ribsy by Beverly Cleary. Mm-hmm. Um, Lad, a Dog by Albert Payson Terhune, which were these um, nine, uh, turn of the 20th century, there was like 25 of them. Cool. And it's just like a different dog and the adventures of that dog. Nice. <laughs> it's awesome. And then uh, From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frank Weiler by E.L. Konigsberg. Sure. Which you know, I still believe is one of the major reasons I came to New York, you know, nice. still. Yeah. Like that, it's like, ah, magic stuff can happen there. <laughs> like living in a, you know, museum. Would you live in a museum or, or an aquarium? Museum. Me too. Oh, I forgot one. Mm. It was at the bottom because I added it at the last minute. Okay. A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, good one. Um, Which I recently reread and it, did not hold up in the same way, but I, I was, I was, as I was talking with Danny about this and sort of agonizing over like who's what's going to make the cut. Uh-huh. She was like, I, I thought you didn't really enjoy the reread, and I'm like, I didn't. But that sequence explaining multidimensional space and mm-hmm. multidimensional travel is is such a big stone in sort of the pond of my life and the ripples continue to move outward from it. Mm -hmm. So much of my life would be different had I not read that book or had I not read that book when I read that book and learned about that very specific thing. Like I'm not a physicist. I'm not great at math. Um, But boy, do I still like, I still love just reading about any developments with quantum theory. Mm -hmm. And I think all of it is traced back to that book. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, I forgot one too, the Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing series. <laughs> cool. By Judy Bloom. Um, incredible. Oh, and um and uh, uh, always favorite is Peter Pan. By, oh yeah. By J. M. Barry. I first read it as a kid and I've read it in many times since, considering my uh undergrad creative writing project was a novel that was a modernization of the peter pan story <laughs> um that i still think no it's bad never mind all oh, right let's, so let's, let's take a break yeah let's hit a here's another segment yeah uh this is a fun one books on books we read books on books and now, Christopher and Drew will read two books at the same time, illuminating neither and obscuring both. The image on the screen shows a man in his late 30s pastries, or early 40s standing before a vast field of tsunami debris that stretches its into the distance as charcoal, far as the eye of its the camera chest can as see. White as an Oxford the man shirt. is wearing a white its paper tail face is mask, as the but he has tugged it down to his chin in order to speak to the western gray sat with He's wearing tired sweatpants. Shoulders back, a zippered jacket, right glance boots. through the window with its large brown eyes. He raises his arm eyes. to gesture towards the wreckage what behind vision. him. What a vision! She sat up in bed, and it seemed quite natural dream. to speak to the animal through the window pane, up. though it had but been a long while since she had known any back. squirrels. 
His well then, flat. His you're a very handsome short. squirrel. I have lost very everything. dignified. My daughter, my to her son, amusement, my wife, the squirrel mother, lowered its head houses, slightly as neighbors, if it understood her and town. appreciated the compliment. The of the Are you of living the upstairs? You're a noisy neighbor. You kept Paul up all night long. Sanitation worker. This o time, township, the squirrel picked up its head Iaga and seemed prefecture. to shrug. A coincidence, the surely, but his the voice muffled by a face mask. And then the squirrel reached out and placed one of its hands onto the glass. Yeah, maybe we'll do that all the time. Who knows? Every episode. Or maybe we won't. I'm maybe, sure. Maybe that was the last time. You'll chime in and tell us. Um, let's do nonfiction. Favorite nonfiction stuff or uh, beloved nonfiction. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do my most recent, which is the two Elvis Presley. Cool. Um, I had a funny feeling that was going to be on there. The Rise and Fall. I'm going to just call it. They have different names in that. Um, but Peter Garalnik's Elvis Presley biographies. Oh my God. And it's also gotten me into the idea of reading more personal biographies. I don't really love mm. the beginnings of biographies, but there's a thing that you can do <laughs> where you could just skip ahead Yep. where they're, where they're talking about like someone's grandparents coming over. I just, I'm, I'm a little bit more like, ah, okay, cool. Get to the, get to the guy. Yeah. 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 That person wasn't even alive. <laughs> So for me, nonfiction, I have uh, Sting's autobiography on here, Broken Music. Okay. Um, I remember um, the episode where I found out that you're a massive police fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I really thought you were joking at first, but no, no, you really love the police and it's great. And Sting. I think I think he's one of the most talented musicians ever to live and songwriters. Mm. Um, and the book is great. It ends, the framing device is an ayahuasca trip that he and Trudy go on in Brazil, oh which God. is just hilarious to me. Okay. Um, but the, it ends with the police about to go on stage for basically their first big show. Oh, cool. And so it really is everything leading up to, and he's there's a quote that's in the book, and he said previously that you get stuck at the age at which you get famous. He was sort of referring to like all of the young pop stars who sort of, you, you're like, why aren't you maturing? And the the point of this book was to say, I lived this whole life first. I was a teacher. I, I, you know, grew up in this little town. All of these things that led to me getting here. Um, and it was a it was a cool reminder that you don't have to get famous young. Yeah, that's true. Um, or you don't have to get famous at all. Yeah. Like, you can also take the lesson here that fame kind of sucks. Yeah. And you don't have to have it. You, you know? can move on. You can do ayahuasca anywhere you want these days it's the 21st century you don't have to be sting doing it on a yoga treat in brazil that's the other good thing Nonfiction has this thing for me anyway of possibly creating like these moments where you just bring this bring something up to someone <laughs> in conversation like the best stuff like you know you know someone has recently read Devil in the White City if they're like, oh, you know, Ferris wheels uh, <laughs> are invented for the World Fair in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to beat the Eiffel Tower. It's <laughs> a little <laughs> thing I like, know. When did you finish the book? Yeah. It's like, oh, this weekend. Yeah, exactly. You you know that. Um, and <laughs> there's little things like that in all of my my favorite of the non it's stuff that you're like i want to be able to talk about this with people so you've chosen like your six mm -hmm. things that you say from the book that you've gleaned that i guess is now dinner party conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so let's see more nonfiction. Mm -hmm. um i think this might be the most recently published book on my list is uh, valeria lucelli's tell me how it ends mm -hmm. uh which if you haven't read and you're living in america in the Trump presidency, you need to, um, just That's kids, me. Patty Smith's, the first of Patty Smith's, um, autobiographical memoir situations. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. um, this one's kind of goofy. This is so uh, Christopher, as you were talking about the first book that you read, quote mm -hmm. unquote, for me, I know the first book that I was reading from, uh, and that is The Illustrated Dinosaur Encyclopedia Heck by yeah. Dougal Dixon. Dougal. Dougal Dixon. All right. The Illustrated Dinosaur Encyclopedia by Dougal Dixon. 
um, as I was looking through these photos that my mom sent, I saw it and immediately I thought, oh, obviously I have to include that Mm -hmm. because I have a very distinct sense memory. It's one of my earliest memories of sitting in a chair with it on my lap at Thanksgiving and, you know, with my finger pointing at each word as I read about Triceratops. Nice. This is funny. I have, there's a Christmas book that I have on here. It is also, it's kind of a children's book, but I don't really think about it like that. I think about it as a, as an everybody book. Um, it's called Cajun Night Before Christmas. Okay. It is an adaptation by, in quotes, one name, Trosclair. Uh-huh. No idea. There was a series of Nightmare, of Night Before Christmas illustrated adaptations in like different dialects. Okay. Different American dialects. Um, my dad still to this day reads it in like his goofy, his dad's like New Orleans voice. Okay. Uh but like it's it's exactly what you think it is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have reindeer. He has he has gators, and it's like a little shack in the swamp. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, even though there's one Santa and he is in the North Pole, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what for the kids who are listening? <laughs> yeah. No, for kids. If you're listening, everybody. Don't. What are you talking? What? About? <laughs> what are you talking about? Drew? We're gonna go to another segment. <laughs> There are still a few of our so many damn books totes. They say so many damn books on one side, which of course is something that you can say enjoy or in uh, vibe. Overwhelmed. Yeah. It can be an overwhelming thing. So many damn books or so many damn books. You know the people who you're talking to too and you're like so many and they're just like, yeah, boy, I know. Yeah, some people get uh, the name of our show wrong and say too many damn books. No such thing, just, friends. Uh, no such thing. And then on the other side, my other car is a book. Yeah. The, which uh, is just a great way to tell about how much you love reading. The slogan that guarantees a double take. Uh-huh. Uh, and so these are 20 bucks. And we'll Plus shipping. S- and we'll send them to you. And you can hold them up with your books inside them and walk around all the places that you want to go. It's true. You can even throw other things in there. Sometimes groceries, apples, very small dogs, uh, grackles. Yep. Um, all saw of, one of those the other day on the subway. It was wild. Uh, all of all of your farmers market goodies. Um, a router, your computer. Uh huh. You can fit all sorts of stuff in there. Many and, things. Try. See what happens. Yeah. You uh, won't know unless you get one. So go and pick this one up, and um, it's really you know. It's a great holiday gift for any of your podcast friends, or and e- even if people don't don't know the podcast, it's it's still a good tote for uh, people who love books. Yeah, we know we know you're out there. So go buy the tote. It's at uh, so many damn books dot com. Uh, you'll find the link to the totes there. Let's maybe just hit a couple of favorites, like big ones. Wait, I have one. I have one uh, genre e question for you. All right. Do you have anything else that is not fiction or a graphic novel? Oh, I've got a bunch of graphic novels. What are you asking me? Well, I was realizing I have uh, I have a couple of plays. Oh, I don't got I don't got none none like that. Oh, I wanted to say um, we were talking about nonfiction, and for some reason I forgot to leave uh, to talk about Complete World Knowledge by John Hodgman. Nice. That's some of the best nonfiction around. I love all those facts because they're not real. Right. And yet, it's nonfiction. Yeah. Yeah. Chew on that, nerds. (laughs) Um, I mean, devoted, beloved listeners. (laughs) Uh. But yeah, I can't. I can't think about my reading life without thinking about theater and about plays. Okay, and it's tough because I do not read plays like I used to. Okay, I find it actually. I have to. I have to do it for work, and it is a drag. Okay, I would much rather see it on its feet, and I do not include performances in my thinking about 
these plays that I've listed. Okay. Uh, the complete works of William Shakespeare. Wow, that's a big one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, but it, it's a good bracket. You know, it's kind of like I almost put Sherlock Holmes, but I didn't. Oh, interesting. I have just the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Um, but then uh, uh, our town, Thornton Wilder, which I have been in, but also it to me that's it's the greatest play in the history of the English language. Okay. Um, it's better than Hamlet. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, Sarah rules the Clean House and other plays, mm-hmm. which is a collection that has the Clean House, Melancholy Play, Cowboy Song, and Eurydice, uh, which I've been in and which has a deep like emotional connection for both Danny and I. And then Richard Greenberg's Three Days of Rain and other plays. Okay. This yeah. The, the beginning of Three Days of Rain is is my like go to monologue, but I just I. I was thinking about if I had to take 50 books, like that's all I got. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Even if I never read, like that, because Three Days of Rain was right on the cusp for me. And I was like, even if I never read it again, like I have to have that with me. I have to have my copy, my marked up copy with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the only other, I don't have any other plays, but I do have one poetry collection. Okay. Uh, and that is Saeed Jones's Prelude to Bruise. Oh, that's a nice one. We had him on the show for that and that was a really cool to be reading uh someone's poetry collection in order to talk to them mm-hmm. about it was a very interesting way of reading poetry um and it's the first and i think only time we've done that um, but it really is a completely different reading experience from just reading a book yeah and I'm, i i did not like poetry for the longest time and i read a seamus haney collection district and circle in college and i was like oh this is what poetry can do but i still hadn't ever you know found my way in Mm -hmm. and then it was saeed's collection was the first time that i was like wow i actually think i like reading poetry now and i've since gone out and sought out poetry collections and read them and experienced them and it is it is all because of that collection what about books from people who we've actually had on the show do you have any of those on your list Oh, because I have a few. Uh, we've mentioned Saeed. Mm-hmm. That's what made me think of it. So I also have uh, 2 a.m. at the Cat's Pajamas by mm. Marie Helen Bertino. Um, I made a little attempt with a little bit of your help as well to uh, turn that show into a, turn that book into a musical. Someday. Someday, maybe. Um, I also have Made for Love by Alyssa Nutting. Nice. On here because I so deeply, deeply loved the reading experience of that book, which um, is about a woman who goes on the run because she doesn't want to have a chip put in her brain. (laughs) Um, And I just recently read that they did actually make this possible that three people are sharing, are able to share thoughts through a chip that someone invented. Spooky. Which is really freaky. (laughs) I I don't like it, but it exists. So... Alyssa Nutting, you are a sage of some sort. And then Stephanie Dandler's Sweet Bitter. Nice. I love that book. Um, And I felt a personal connection to it because she was in my MFA program. So it also was this reading experience of, I know this person. I've edited some of these chapters in very chrysalis stages. And now here it is, this object. And it was like the first of like these people that I knew in school Mm -hmm. to publish so it was like very, and then like it so happened to be brilliant and, you know, incredibly well written and poetic yeah. and raw um, or very well cooked. Hey. Sweet bitter joke. Um, <laughs> and then we've talked to her about it a lot um, and, and gotten to know her in a way, which is kind of great. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why I love that um, Sweet Bitter book. For me, I have two. One of them, he's not, he's only been on the phone on the show. Uh, but Jeff Vandermeer, mm-hmm. and I actually, I went, I agonized over this, and I went with City of Saints and Mad Men, the first book in his Ambergris cycle, over the Southern Reach trilogy, even though the Southern Reach trilogy is just a masterwork of weird fiction. Um, City of Saints and Mad Men was my introduction to Jeff. He was kind enough when I was a, I read it as a freshman in college, and I emailed him back in the day when like authors just had their email addresses on their websites mm-hmm. and would re- genuinely respond to the random 18 year olds who emailed them. Um, 
because I was trying to write a short play adaptation spinoff thing from one of these scenes. Um, I no longer have that play, thank God. And I hope that it's also lost to him as well because it was pretty bad. But he was very kind about it. And it sparked a lovely friendship that has just continued to um, to grow and evolve. And it makes me so happy to think about this book that blew my mind when I read it and just absolutely changed the way that I understood what fiction could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything, like, yeah, if this list was going to 100, I would probably put the rest of his work on there. But if I if I had to choose just one of his books, it would be that. Uh, and then the other is "You Two Can Have a Body Like Mine" by Alexander Kleeman, which, to this day, is I think the only book that I've ever had to pick up and read again immediately upon finishing the first time. Mm-hmm. That that book is it rewired my brain in some way that I am still trying to figure out to this day. Yeah. And another, like, just another person who it has been wonderful to get to know because of the show and to, like, hang out with her dog, Jeannie, and, Mm -hmm. like, it's just one of those really cool things that we've gotten to do with the show is read these books that we love, get to talk to the people who wrote them, and then it manages, like, we manage to be cool enough people that we are also, like... Everybody becomes friends. It's yeah. not just about coming and talking about your book or talking about a book that you love. It is a conversation that nine times out of ten sparks some genuine amount of friendship. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's super cool. But maybe we'll just go to a segment right now and we'll uh, we'll let people sit with that. Guess. Yes, that's right. Guess the book by its ISBN. You weren't memorizing those numbers for nothing. 9780062870650. Once again, that's 9780062870650. I know what you're thinking. Pip, pip, pip. Indeed, it is Great Expectations, the new Olive Edition version. We will not accept a Harper Perennial edition of Great Expectations. Unreal. Here, I'll try one. 978-1-61219-6701. I'll give you a hint. It's about umbrellas. <laughs> That's right. It's Brawlyology by Marion Rankin, out from Melville House. Nine seven eight one nine eight two one zero two three one nine. Yes, that's right. I said three one nine. Don't get me wrong. Take a guess. Indeed, that is the new Stephen King novel, Elevation. What about this one? Nine seven eight zero six seven nine seven four six three one seven. That number is 317 at the end. Uh-huh. You've got it. Up in the Old Hotel by Joseph Mitchell. That was fun, wasn't it? Book titles and plots are probably dancing in your guys' head at this point. Um, but So we'll do a few more each. Yeah. Um, and then what? Then we'll put it on Patreon, right? Yeah, we'll have well the full list will be on our website, of course, but yes. the annotated list will be on our Patreon. Um, and we will leave the slots open for things that we both have a Christopher and Drew sign off, which I really thought would be more at this point, but we don't. Redwall so far. Yes. Yeah, oh, and Harry one. Potter. And okay, that's two. This one I bet is on your list. Um, Remainder by Tom McCarthy. No. Oh, I thought for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, that is a crazy book that I really, we've discussed um, at length in the past, but it is a crazy novel about someone who gets a lot of money and then has a nervous breakdown in what they do <laughs> with that money. Yeah. Um, it's so good and so weird. Uh, do you have any Stephen King on your list? I do. 
uh, but it's not yours. I have I have two. He's the uh, he's the other one who gets two. Okay, let's hear your two. The Shining. Mm-hmm. And the Dark Tower series. Ooh, nice. And mine is it. Ah. Because it changed. I I yeah. don't like yeah, horror. Yeah, yeah. And that really that was an amazing novel. And I like horror more now, uh, which is kind of cool. That's good. Um, huge long book, and it had that um thing happen to me where I was at the bar reading it and the entire bar turned into a Stephen King conversation (laughs) and it was awesome. That's cool. Just a great reading experience um, at my favorite bar. Uh, Secret History by Donna Tartt. Um, That was was my version of um, You Two Can Have a Body Like Mine. Like I put that book down and was like, that was amazing. You know what? I'll listen to it. And she reads it and she's got this crazy Southern accent and a kind of like unexpected voice um and she has a really good voice for bunny uh if you want a really weird book you should get that um uh that audiobook uh here's one that i am imagining is gonna be for both of us okay a visit from the goon squad no Ooh, interesting no great book though interesting uh oh i've got one that we certainly both have there's no way Skippy Dies by Paul Murray. Nope. Dang it. We're not good at this. You know what, though? That takes us back to T.O.B. of yore. Uh-huh. Skippy Dies versus Goon Squad, first round. There's oh, yeah. nobody who is going to be happy with that decision. But some people would be happier than others. Mm-hmm. Um, the book that got me, I think, my current job, um, Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry. Mm, cool. Um it was, It is my, or I don't know if it still is, but at the time it was my boss's favorite book and it was also my favorite book at the time. Uh, let's see. Oh, I. Uh, this is a fun one. Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, so good. I love that. It's like, I, and actually if you had to make me pick, I would say the original, whatever, 1987 first collected edition just titled Calvin and Hobbes. All yeah. of them are amazing, but. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to because that completed complete box is very beautiful oh i want it so bad um and yeah it's that's on that's finally that's that on is your list? also on my hey list. <laughs> we did it nice work um beating out narrowly alan moore's watchman mm. um ultimately i was like trying to decide i don't know why because they're very different but i'm like hmm, calvin and hobbs are a watchman. watchman you know spiritually not as far like i'm sure there's a college term paper somewhere where somebody's compared the two of them uh-huh um, another weird one, uh, one uh, another series of mine, uh, Griffin and Sabine by Nick Bantock. Oh, yeah. Which sure. is this um, really cool letters. Uh, it's told t- epistolary novel, but the letters are actually like handwritten and the art done in the book is all done by the characters, you know, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And it's a very incredible reading um, experience that I actually was with a group of people and we were all reading the letters out loud to each other uh, a rainy afternoon in Santa Cruz. So, and it's a very uh, specific, great memory. Oh, and I wanted to add something to your authors you can email. Uh Uh-huh. Because that was how I, I, Relic by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. Yeah. Um, That was one of the very first like adult books Uh that I read and my whole family read it. Um, And so we all talked a lot about Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child uh, growing up. And so I've read a lot of them. Not as many as you. Yeah, I've read nearly the whole Pendergast series at this point. Uh, And that's not a Pendergast, is it? It is. It is. But he's a a tangential character. Right. Yeah. Um, My version of that was Michael Crichton's timeline. So you emailed Michael Crichton? Yeah, never heard back. Oh, yeah. We heard, I heard back from them. They wrote back. Oh, cool. And they were in like hours you know it was very early on you know it was one of the very first things i did with an email address yeah and i i didn't even do it with my own i i did it with my dad's email address that he had made for the whole family oh we had one of those too we were like i guess it's like mail it'll come to the specific person we'll give it to them (laughs) yeah boy oh boy we changed that that's not very quickly yeah that's not how email worked no (laughs) um okay my i think to speed up the end Mm -hmm. i have two thoughts for how to do it one are there any books on your list that you feel like are argument stokers uh whether that is a, a, a positive argument or somebody being like i can't fucking believe you put that book on here uh n- i don't think so you seem like you might have one My, uh american psycho by oh, yeah. Easton Ellis. all right 
Yeah. It's a crazy book, and and all of the arguments I've ever had about it, all of the arguments against that book are completely valid. Mm -hmm. But I also just think that people undersell the searing satire of that book. Last thing, I think, is just any any deep abiding favorites Mm. that you haven't had a chance to mention yet. Spangle by Gary Jennings is probably one of the big ones for me. Um, It's a three book series, although it actually came out as a single novel when it first came out. Um, And it's like a thousand pages and it takes place directly after the end of the civil war. Mm. Um, And you just follow this circus that starts as a ramshackle, like one a tent affair or not even a tent into like a three ring incredible circus wow. and you follow it as they pick up acts and there's an entire sequence where you just watch an elephant practice their routine and it's based on the author's living with circuses for 14 years wow as a juggler he was he would juggle in the circus with them that's crazy. Um, it's an insane novel. He's no- more known for these books about the Aztecs, and he also has a uh, book about Marco Polo. Huh. But this, is, I think, is his masterpiece, and huh. it's out of print, and you should go find a copy and spend two months reading it because it's fantastic. <laughs> um, sent to me by my, by my dad, actually, also. Oh, cool. Um, who was also the person who told me to read Lonesome Dove originally. But uh, he, I, we talked about it on the phone, and then it showed up on my doorstep a few days later. Like, that was, and it's one of these things like, okay, I, I will do it. Yeah. Like, if someone actually buys you the book that yeah. they just recommended, like, you better do it. <laughs> um, do you have any of those that are like, w- that were recommended to you like that? Ooh. That's interesting. The Dragon Riders of Pern series by Anne McCaffrey. My uncle, who's a big, 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 big sci-fi fantasy nerd from way back. Um, I had been talking to him on the phone. He lives in Massachusetts and I did not get to see him that much when I was a kid. And I was like, here are these all these books that I've just read. And I'm looking for the next fantasy series that I want to read. And I have no idea what to do. Uh, and he was like, Andrew? I have you covered. And I was like, um, okay. And he was like, please put your mother back on the phone now. And I was like, okay, goodbye. Uh-huh. Uh, and a few days later showed up the first book of the original Dragon Riders of Pern trilogy. Uh, and then I did the thing of just like falling through the whole series. Cause I was like, I guess this is what I'm going to read now. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I wanted to mention two short story ones. Oh, sure. Uh, Girl in the Flammable Skirt by Amy Bender, cool. which I read um, at the perfect time, just starting my um, creative writing undergrad work. Um, and it's the perfect thing to break your brain when you're a, a impressionable young writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about those stories all the time. And she's just an incredible uh, artist as well. Like she has a, she has a really cool what, website that she used to update with um, story prompts. Nice. And it, she's just one of those authors that I've followed since and read everything that she publishes and then kelly links get in trouble which is a incredible newly minted macarthur genius kelly link yeah um i think about all of those stories a lot but there's one one that's like two like low-level superheroes t- looking out <laughs> over at a um a abandoned wizard of oz theme park yeah it's just like oh my god hell yeah <laughs> yeah i love that story um you have some short stories i think the only collection is Oh, the just the collected uh, short stories of Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Um, oh, nice. And uh, from the Dust Returned by Ray Bradbury. Oh. Because I was looking for a, a Bradbury book to put in there, and I was sort of back and forth by a bunch. But from the Dust Returned, I read uh, some of every year on Halloween, and it's about a spooky family, and it makes me think of family and spooky stuff, and what could be better. Yeah, that's awesome. On the, so this is we really thought we were going to be like really hitting on more that we both have, but yeah. we're not. Uh, the Hobbit? No. Huh. I know. I know. Fates and Furies is not going to be on your list, but that no, is definitely it isn't. mine. No, I was just looking at uh, Patrick Melrose novels. Oh, it was on there, but I took it off. Oh. And I put A Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Ozeki. Oh. Actually, I remember like making that change. Um so good uh oryx and crake by margaret atwood uh-uh. 
not th- that is a series, but the I've only that first one was really wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Anna Karenina is also a recent uh, life favorite. Mm-hmm. After um, Sarah ever read it. had me read it, yeah, when she read Harry Potter, and we that was one of the first things that we connected on. Books, you know, they bring you together. They do. Well, Drew. Christopher. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. Nice work. Yeah, we've done it. Done 100, and it feels good. It does. And it also, I loved coming up with these books to talk about because, um, you know, some of these are recent favorites. Some of them are things I haven't thought about in a while. Yeah. I love the fact that we ended up not having as many in common as we thought we did. That's that's really fun. Because it also tells me that we were both thinking hard about this instead of relying on the like, oh, this is, this is easy. Yeah. It's a... It's a it's a crazy thing. Um, I actually really love list making, um, and it does some interesting things. It runs your brain in an yeah. interesting way. Um, so if you guys have best, if you want to make a best of list and share it with us, please do. Um, we really appreciate that. Yeah. And we really appreciate you guys. I mean, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you all. Yeah. If you all didn't tell all your friends about this podcast you're listening to about reading, um, or included us on your lists, mm-hmm. um, or re- reviewed us on iTunes, which we love. Tweeted about us. We really appreciate our listeners. Um, you know, we do this because we love to talk books, but we're glad that we don't do this in to avoid. Yeah, we're glad we're not the only ones who love to talk about books. Um, and we hope that you continue along with us into our next phase. Our next hundred. Our we'll, next... See where, we'll see where it goes. A brave new world. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. There's oh, one, more th- one more thing, right? This is very Steve Jobs. Oh, Whoa. one more thing. Man, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is cool, though. Yeah, this is cooler than that. This is cooler than whatever that is. Um, we are joining the yeah. Lit Hub Network. Yeah. Starting um, uh, with our next episode, we, along with some great other shows, Literary Disco, other people. Reading Women. Uh, we will, we're, all, we're all a part of the Lit Hub family now. So what does it mean? Uh, there will be a couple of little changes. We'll, we'll have a couple ads, but we're going to approve the ads. Uh, we're hoping that this is going to mean we can branch out into live events a little bit. It means probably that we will be able to get some interesting like cool authors in here that we might not have been able to get before yeah we're very excited about it we hope you are too and we're really excited that you guys are going to come along with us hopefully yeah um so we'll we'll see you in two weeks yeah same bad time same bad channel just with a new shiny uh coat of paint yep Although probably not even that. Probably not even that. No, it'll probably look exactly the same. Metaphorical coat of paint. Yeah. We got the undercarriage washed. Yeah. Undercarriages. Are we really ending the show talking about undercarriages? Wouldn't be the wouldn't be the weirdest thing we've done. Isn't it though? <laughs> <laughs>